0: Section 11 of the Columbia Accident Investigation Board Final Report, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Judy Derby. The Columbia Accident Investigation Board Final Report, Volume 1 by the columbia accident investigation board chapter three b accident analysis part two wing leading edge structural subsystem the components of the orbiter's wing leading edge provide the aerodynamic load-bearing structural and thermal control capability for areas that exceed twenty three hundred degrees fahrenheit Key design requirements included flying 100 missions with minimal refurbishment, maintaining the aluminum wing structure at less than 350 degrees Fahrenheit, withstanding a kinetic energy impact of 0.006 foot-pounds, and the ability to withstand 1.4 times the load ever expected in operation the requirements specifically stated that the wing leading edge would not need to withstand impact from debris or ice since these objects would not pose a threat during the launch phase reinforced carbon-carbon the development of reinforced carbon-carbon rcc as part of the thermal protection system was key to meeting the wing leading edge design requirements developed by ling temco Vought. Now Lockheed Martin missiles and fire control, RCC is used for the orbiter nose cap, chin panel, forward external tank attachment point, and wing leading edge panels and T-seals. RCC is a hard structural material with reasonable strength across its operational temperature range, minus 250 degrees Fahrenheit to 3000 degrees. Its low thermal expansion coefficient minimizes thermal shock and thermoelastic stress each wing leading edge consists of 22 rcc panels see figure 3.3-1 numbered from 1 to 22 moving outward on each wing the nomenclature is five left or five right to differentiate for example the two number five panels because the shape of the wing changes from inboard to outboard each panel is unique reinforced carbon carbon rcc the basic rcc composite is a laminate of graphite impregnated rayon fabric further impregnated with phenolic resin and layered one ply at a time in a unique mould for each part then cured rough trimmed drilled and inspected The part is then packed in calcined coke and fired in a furnace to convert it to carbon and is made more dense by three cycles of furfural alcohol vacuum impregnation and firing. To prevent oxidation, the outer layers of the carbon substrate are converted into a 0.02 to 0.04-inch thick layer of silicon carbide in a chamber filled with argon at temperatures up to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. As the silicon carbide cools, craze cracks form because the thermal expansion rates of the silicon carbide and the carbon substrate differ. The part is then repeatedly vacuum impregnated with tetraethyl orthosilicate to fill the pores in the substrate, and the craze cracks are filled with a sealant. Wing Leading Edge Damage the risk of micrometeoroid or debris damage to the rcc panels has been evaluated several times hypervelocity impact testing using nylon glass and aluminum projectiles as well as low velocity impact testing with ice aluminum steel and lead projectiles resulted in the addition of a 0.03 to zero point zero six inch thick layer of nextel four forty fabric between the canal oil and serochrome insulation analysis of the design change predicts that the orbiter could survive re-entry with a quarter inch diameter hole in the lower surfaces of rcc panels eight through ten or with a one inch hole in the rest of the rcc panels RCC components have been struck by objects throughout their operational life, but none of these components has been completely penetrated. A sampling of 21 post-flight reports noted 43 hypervelocity impacts, the largest being 0.2 inch. The most significant low velocity impact was to Atlantis's Panel 10 right during STS-45 in March and April 1992. The damaged area was 1.9 inches by 1.6 inches on the exterior surface and 0.5 inches by 0.1 inches in the interior surface. The substrate was exposed and oxidized and the panel was scrapped. Analysis concluded that the damage was caused by a strike by a man-made object, possibly during ascent. Figures 3.3-2 and 3.3-3 show the damage to the outer and inner surfaces respectively. Leading edge maintenance. Post-flight RCC component inspections for cracks, chips, scratches, pinholes, and abnormal discoloration are primarily visual, with tactile evaluations pushing with a finger of some regions. Boeing personnel at the Kennedy Space Center make minor repairs to the silicon carbide coating and surface defects. With the goal of a long service life, panels 6 through 17 are refurbished every 18 missions, and panels 18 and 19 every 36 missions. The remaining panels have no specific refurbishment requirement. At the time of STS-107, Most of the RCC panels on Columbia's left wing were original equipment, but panel 10 left, T-SEAL 10 left, panel 11 left, and T-SEAL 11 left had been replaced, along with panel 12 on the right wing. Panel 10 left was tested to destruction after 19 flights. Minor surface repairs had been made to panels 5, 7, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 19, and T-seals 3, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 19. Panels and T-seals 6 through 9 and 11 through 17 of the left wing had been refurbished. Reinforced carbon-carbon mission life The rate of oxidation is the most important variable in determining the mission life of RCC components oxidation of the carbon substrate results when oxygen penetrates the microscopic pores or fissures of the silicon carbide protective coating the subsequent loss of mass due to oxidation reduces the load the structure can carry and is the basis for establishing a mission life limit the oxidation rate is a function of temperature pressure time and the type of heating repeated exposure to the orbiter's normal flight environment degrades the protective coating system and accelerates the loss of mass which weakens components and reduces mission life capability currently mass loss of flown rcc components cannot be directly measured Instead, mass loss and mission life reduction are predicted analytically, using a methodology based on mass loss rates experimentally derived in simulated re-entry environments. This approach then uses derived re-entry temperature-time profiles of various portions of RCC components to estimate the actual re-entry mass loss. For the first five missions of Columbia, the RCC components were not coated with Type A sealant and had shorter mission service lives than the RCC components on the other orbiters. Columbia's Panel 9 has the shortest mission service life of 50 flights, as shown in Figure 3.3-4. The predicted life for Panel-slash-T seals 7-16 through range from 54 to 97 flights. Localized penetration of the protective coating on RCC components, pinholes, were first discovered on Columbia in 1992 after STS-50, Columbia's 12th flight. Pinholes were later found in all orbiters, and their quantity and size have increased as flights continue. Tests showed that pinholes were caused by zinc oxide contamination from a primer used on the launch pad left wing and wing leading edge the orbiter wing leading edge structural subsystem consists of the rcc panels the upper and lower access panels also called carrier panels and the associated attachment hardware for each of these components On Columbia, two upper and lower A-286 stainless steel spar attachment fittings connected each RCC panel to the aluminum wing leading edge spar. On later orbiters, each upper and lower spar attachment fitting is a one-piece assembly. The space between each RCC panel is covered by a gap seal, also known as a T-seal. Each T-seal, also manufactured from RCC, is attached to its associated RCC panel by two in-canal 718 attachment clevises. The upper and lower carrier panels, which allow access behind each RCC panel, are attached to the spar attachment fittings after the RCC panels and T-seals are installed. The lower carrier panel prevents superheated air from entering the RCC panel cavity. A small space between the upper carrier panel and the RCC panel allows air pressure to equalize behind the RCC panels during ascent and reentry. The midwing area on the left wing, behind where the breach occurred, is supported by a series of trusses, as shown in red in the figure below. The midwing area is bounded in the front and back by the XO-1040 and XO-1191 spars, respectively. The numerical designation of each spar comes from its location along the orbiter's x-axis. For example, the XO 1040 spar is 1040 inches from the zero point on the x-axis. The crossbars provide the wing's structural integrity. Three major crossbars behind the XO 1191 spar provide the primary structural strength for the aft portion of the wing. The inboard portion of the midwing is the outer wall of the left wheel well and the outboard portion of the midwing is the wing leading edge spar where the RCC panels attach. In October 1993, panel 12 right was removed from Columbia after its 15th flight for destructive evaluation. Optical and scanning electron microscope examinations of 15 pinholes reveal that a majority occurred along craze cracks in the thick regions of the silicon carbide layer. Pinhole glass chemistry reveal the presence of zinc, silicon, oxygen, and aluminum there is no zinc in the leading edge support system but the launch pad corrosion protection system uses an inorganic zinc primer under a coat of paint and this coat of paint is not always refurbished after a launch Rain samples from the rotating support structure at Launch Complex 39A in July 1994 confirmed that rain washed the unprotected primer off the service structure and deposited it on RCC panels while the orbiter sat on the launch pad. At the request of the Columbia Accident Investigation Board, rain samples were again collected in May 2003. The zinc fallout rate was generally less than previously recorded except for one location, which had the highest rate of zinc fallout of all the samples from both evaluations. Chemical analysis of the most recent rainwater samples determined the percentage of zinc to be consistently around 9%, with that one exception. Specimens with pinholes were fabricated from RCC Panel 12 right and ARC Jet-Tested but the arc-jet testing did not substantially change the pinhole dimensions or substrate oxidation. Arc-jet testing is done in a wind tunnel with an electrical arc that provides an airflow of up to 2800 degrees Fahrenheit. As a result of the pinhole investigation, the sealant refurbishment process was revised to include cleaning the part in a vacuum at 2000 degrees Fahrenheit to bake out contaminants like zinc oxide and salt and forcing sealant into pinholes post-flight analysis of rcc components confirms that sealant is ablated during each mission which increases subsurface oxidation and reduces component strength and mission life Based on the destructive evaluation of Columbia's panel 12 bright and various arc jet tests, refurbishment intervals were established to achieve the desired service life. In November 2001, white residue was discovered on about half the RCC panels on Columbia, Atlantis, and Endeavor. Investigations revealed that the deposits were sodium carbonate that resulted from the exposure of sealant to rainwater with three possible outcomes one the deposits are washed off which decreases sealant effectiveness two the deposits remain on the part's surface melt on re-entry and combine with the glass restoring the sealant composition or three the deposits remain on the part's surface melt on re-entry and flow onto metal parts The root cause of the white deposits on the surface of RCC parts was the breakdown of the sealant. This does not damage RCC material. Non-Destructive Evaluations of Reinforced Carbon-Carbon Components Over the 20 years of space shuttle operations, RCC has performed extremely well in the harsh environment it is exposed to during a mission. Within the last several years, a few instances of damage to RCC material have resulted in a re-examination of the current visual inspection process. Concerns about potential oxidation between the silicon carbide layer and the substrate and within the substrate has resulted in further efforts to develop improved non-destructive evaluation methods and a better understanding of subsurface oxidation. Since 1997, inspections have revealed five instances of RCC silicon carbide layer loss with exposed substrate. In November 1997, Columbia returned from STS-87 with three damaged RCC parts with carbon substrate exposed. Panel 19 right had a 0.04-inch diameter by 0.035-inch-deep circular dimple. Panel 17 right had a 0.1 inch wide by 0.2 inch long by 0.025 inch deep dimple. And the orbiter forward external tank attachment point had a 0.2 inch by 0.15 inch by 0.026 inch deep dimple. In January 2000, after STS 103, Discovery's panel 8 left was scrapped because of similar damage. See Figure 3.3 5. In April 2001, after STS 102, Columbia's panel 10 left had a 0.2 inch by 0.3 inch wide by 0.018 inch deep dimple in the panel corner next to the T seal. The dimple was repaired and the panel flew one more mission, then was scrapped because of damage found in the repair. Findings F3.3-1 The original design specifications required the RCC components to have essentially no impact resistance. F3.3-2 Current inspection techniques are not adequate to assess structural integrity of the RCC components. F3.3-3 After manufacturer's acceptance non-destructive evaluation, only periodic visual and touch tests are conducted. F3.3-4 RCC components are weakened by mass loss caused by oxidation within the substrate, which accumulates with age. The extent of oxidation is not directly measurable, and the resulting mission life reduction is developed analytically. F3.3-5 To date, only two flown RCC panels, having achieved 15 and 19 missions, have been destructively tested to determine actual loss of strength due to oxidation. F3.3-6 Contamination from zinc leaching from a primer under the paint top coat on the launch pad structure increases the opportunities for localized oxidation. Recommendations R3.3-1 develop and implement a comprehensive inspection plan to determine the structural integrity of all reinforced carbon-carbon system components. This inspection plan should take advantage of advanced non-destructive inspection technology. R3.3-2 Initiate a program designed to increase the orbiter's ability to sustain minor debris damage by measures such as improved impact-resistant, reinforced carbon-carbon, and acreage tiles. This program should determine the actual impact-resistance of current materials and the effect of likely debris strikes. R3.3-3 To the extent possible, Increase the orbiter's ability to successfully re-enter the Earth's atmosphere with minor leading-edge structural subsystem damage. R3.3-4 In order to understand the true material characteristics of reinforced carbon-carbon components, develop a comprehensive database of flown reinforced carbon-carbon material characteristics by destructive testing and evaluation. R3.3 5 Improve the maintenance of launch pad structures to minimize the leaching of zinc primer onto reinforced carbon carbon components. End of section 11.